Do you really love the Lord? I was listening to all of you while you were speaking. I like what Destiny said. You see, frustration in life usually begins when you always think you are supposed to be at the receiving end of love. Most depressed people are thinking, nobody loves me, nobody's thinking of me, nobody wants to be my friend. A lot of frustrated people are at that end. And pastor doesn't care about me. Pastor is not thinking of me. Pastor is friends with this person. Pastor is not friends with me. My mother doesn't love me. My siblings don't love me. A lot of people are depressed and frustrated because of things like this. Because they think and they expect to be at the receiving end of love. But you see, I want to ask you a question. Who are you also loving? You expect everybody to jump on you and shower love upon you. But you don't realize that maybe you should be looking away from that. Maybe you should rather be giving love to people. Instead of you thinking nobody loves you, who are you loving? Now, while you are thinking somebody, you know, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of ladies are frustrated in relationships. Because they are expecting, they are the receiving end of, of love, you know. And they are always expecting someone should love me, someone should love me, someone should come this way. But you see, your life and your destiny will change when you now start giving out love to people. When that becomes your focus. When that becomes your focus. When you can make certain bold statements to the Lord. Bold statements. There are people who have made certain statements and, and you wonder, how are these people thinking? Like I heard of a great man of God who said, Lord, give me Scotland or I die. And another person sitting somewhere said, Lord, I want to marry this year. No, I, I, I'm trying to lift your thinking. I'm trying to lift your thinking. What, what, at what level are you supposed to be thinking? I, I, I was... I was I was watching um, a young man of God say, Lord, is it only Nigeria you want? I will give it to you. Sakaramaka Soteleba. And he said, Lord, if it is possible with God, I will give it to you. 
such bold statements of love. What bold statements of love? How can a man talk like this? A man says, God, give me Scotland or I die. Like I was talking about yesterday, what, what is in these people's hearts? It's a blessing to be passionate for God, I tell you. It's a blessing. Justin, Justin I remember your, your, your first outreach. When I gave them the task to, to all cell leaders to go for an outreach, I heard about how you were always almost sleeping at Lisa Lex all the time. Praying in tongues, getting ready for that outreach. When God sees things like that, his adrenaline will be jumping. Listen, <laughs> the Bible says God is a God of knowledge with whom actions are weighed. Actions are weighed. Listen, dear ladies, if a guy tells you that he loves you and he doesn't show it, run away. I said, run away. Because love is a verb. It's a doing word. You, John chapter 14. Run for your life. Look at this. I'm sharing with you very simple things. Verse 23. John chapter 14, verse 23. John 14, verse 23. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will Obey. Write that down. Loving is not singing. Loving God is not singing. Loving God is not clapping. Loving God is not lying on the floor. Loving God is not crying. He says, if anyone loves me, he said, he will obey my teaching. He will obey my commandment. He will obey my word. Anyone who loves God, one thing you will see is that they, those people obey. And obey means they do something. Now you see over here, he says, my father will love him. Then he says, and we will come to him and make our home with him. This is what happens to people who love God. People who love God, God makes the, them headquarters. It's not about, it's not about crying. When you see people crying in church, not all of them are crying because they love God. Some are crying because there's a problem at home. 
So don't let those things deceive you. Someone's crying. Let, let me tell you, I, I, I've even noticed that sometimes those who cry the most do nothing. So you know me very well. I don't like emotional Christianity. Father, I love you. I love you forever. I love you. They will sing. They will lift their hand. And when they finish, they go back doing nothing. Doing nothing. Doing nothing. Doing nothing for the Lord. He said, if you love me. And let me tell you something. This is an error. Listen to me. This is an error. It's an error to say, my Christianity is in my heart. It's an error. It does not exist. There's nothing like that. That my Christianity is in my heart. It is not possible. It's, not, it's an error. Jesus Christ took them the book of Revelation. He said, you have left your first love. And he says, he said, the only way to come back to your first love is to do the first works. Love is always measured by doing. So if your Christianity has not overflowed to the extent that it is not causing you to make an action, to do something, and to be concerned about the concerns of God, there's a problem. There's nothing like that. Your Christianity is not in your heart. It must be seen. All the men you are reading about in the Bible concerning your Christianity, we all saw it. That is why it was recorded. Love is always doing. For God so loved, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sat and sang songs in heaven. No, take it, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sang. The love made him give. The, for God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't sit down singing. He didn't sit down crying, oh, my people, I love them. No, love, true love. And you know, it's the, pro the problem is with our perception of love. What we think love is. Sometimes love is fierce. Sometimes love will move the person to correct you. We think love is all about being, being the person. You know, like sometimes, you know, go to the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 33, verse, I'll start from verse 8. God is talking. He says, when I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. He said, but his blood will not require thy hand. Go to the book of Jude 21. He said, keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. He said, keep yourselves in the love of God. Then verse 22, he said, and on some have compassion. Making a difference. On some have compassion. Making a difference. So the compassion will make you what? Make a difference. Do something. Do something. If you love God, do something. We said, preaching a bus challenge. Some will sit in the house. They will get the nudge, you know. They will not move. 
don't love God. You don't love God. You don't love God. I have preached the gospel for many years. Let me tell you the truth. I have preached the gospel for many years and I have noticed one thing. Sometimes you might think nothing worked. Sometimes you might think they're preaching, nobody listened. But something has happened. I've preached the gospel for many years. Many times, meetings I left that I didn't see any testimony, hear any testimony. Years after, I knew someone who woke up to me and said, this was the meeting that changed my life. So what do we do? Just obey God. Just obey God. Just obey God. Today, a friend of mine was sharing. He was watching yesterday. And he said, um, what he did when he got into his bus was, he started singing. Then somebody sang with him. Nobody was singing with him. Nobody was minding him. One person sang. Then he told him, I'm paying for this person. Then he continued singing. Another person sang. He said, I'm paying for this person. He said, by the time, like, everybody in the cast started singing. He told me, I'm paying for everybody. Before he now preached the gospel to them. Some of you will have to get into bars and say, first of all, I'm paying for everybody in this bus. Then you now start preaching. Shakota Baranistis. Some, having compassion. He said, have compassion on some. He said, making a difference. Then verse 23. He said, and others, save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. He said, for some, you have to pull them out of fire. Some people don't know they are going to hell. And the scripture you read, they've been blinded. They can't see it. So sometimes, it's even worthless having an argument with an unbeliever because how much of the sun can you explain to a blind man? The existence of the sun is is of no consequence because he cannot even see. So the argument is even baseless. And on some, save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Jude chapter 1 verse 3. You did not wait for me. To call out to you. But you clothe yourself in frail humanity. And you did not wait for me. To cry out to you. Ah! Some of you, you are too beautiful to go and preach. Cry! You are, you are too beautiful to go and preach. Your skin is too nice to go and preach. God have mercy on you. You should visit a mortuary. There you will see that man is nothing. When Jesus was leaving, he said a parable. He said, occupy till I come. I like that analogy you gave. It's like your mother going out and saying, wash the bowls before I come. Jesus gave us an assignment before he left. He said, occupy till I come. He said, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, he said, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now, at this time Jude was writing, he was not so far from the early church, but he was telling them that their bar has dropped. So you can imagine now. He said, earnestly contend for the faith which was once That means at the time Jude was speaking, their bar had dropped. He said, 
the first one, the early church, the pure fire, the pure zeal, the pure earnest zeal that was in the saints. He said the bar has dropped. So go and earnestly contend for it. So we must contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. Too many soft Christians. We don't remember that Jesus is coming. We don't remember that Jesus is coming. We don't remember that Jesus is coming. That a Christian, you know, those days, I'll tell you the truth. Maybe on, on Saturday we'll talk about, about giving. But those days, when I received money, I'm not thinking first what to buy. I'm wondering, why did God bring the money? That is what I was thinking. When I, was, you know, when God gives me, when I get money now, especially when the money comes from nowhere, ah, I start thinking, what does God want me to do? I'm not thinking, hey, I've received miracle money, I'm going to do this. I start thinking, why did God bring the money? And I start thinking, I start thinking, myself and my friends who, started, who grew up in ministry, none of us ever believed in, I'm not saying it's for you, but I'm just saying this is at that time, none of us ever believed in using our own money to buy a phone. We never believed in it. Like, how can I print a gospel using my money to buy a phone? I, I never thought so. I'm not, it's not a doctrine that nobody should use his money to buy a phone. It's not a doctrine. I'm just saying at that time, those were our cogitations. My mates are, are saving to buy land. I've never bought a land. But people have given me land I've not even seen before. Oh! When we get to heaven, eh? Huh. If you love God. Yesterday I was telling you about how we are living, you know, in a day. And we are, we are not the first persons to want to have money. One of the first ones to want to, you know, be something. We're not the first. And you know the, the stupidity of life is that the old people pass through where we have passed and they get there and the regrets they had, they keep telling us and we keep making the same mistakes. Take for example, most old people have some experience of marriage. Those who have divorced and those who have not. And they keep telling you, don't go for beauty and we will... Close our ears to what they are saying and pass through the same thing. It's amazing. I conclude that advice never changes anybody. Let me show you a scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 3. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? Verse 4. You know, when you read the book of Ecclesiastes, eh, the Bible is so true that we have to arrest that book. <laughs> the truth, eh, it's so clear. It's like, it's like when your parents tell you, you know, don't do this. Don't pass like this. If you, they've married you and they are telling you that it's not like this. You are thinking marriage, it's not like that. If you take somebody, let me see the person. Don't marry from here. Don't, you say no. You know, and you think that you are in a very peculiar generation that is so... Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Let's start from verse 1. I want to show you something. Ecclesiastes. At this time, eh? At this time, eh, this is one of the books that you should read and have sense. Because at this time, because at this time, Solomon has already had money. He has already married women. So, if he's telling you that if it is money, I had it. If it was, if women give joy and, you understand, is this me? I have seen it all. So listen to me that I have seen it all. We say, no, we will not listen to that. We want to also test the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. 
Solomon. He says, vanity of vanities, say the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Verse 3. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? Then verse 4. He says, One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. He says that the principles of the earth will not change. Gravity will not change with any generation. The generations that have come and gone, the same principles apply. The same principles apply. The same principles apply. The generations have come and gone, the same principles are applying. One of the principles that I talked about, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Go to verse 14. He said, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Mark that down. <laughs> if it has to do with God, it has eternal consequence. It has eternal value. He said, I know that whatsoever God doeth, after the man has gotten all his experience in life, he said, I have known and I have come to see that whatever God does is forever. If God is saving souls, he saves them forever. If God is doing something, he does it forever. Whatsoever the Lord doeth is forever. He said, I know that whatsoever God doeth is forever. He said, nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken away from it. And God doeth it, that men should fear before him. Ah! Fear God. Fear God, my brothers and sisters. Fear God. If there's anything that you should bank your life on, is the preaching of the gospel. Fear God. Love God. When we talk about the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is actually in two sides. It's in two sides. And because God mirrors the totality of man, both male and female, you have to go to the book of Ephesians to understand it. To the woman, he says, submit to your husband. It is how the husband will interpret love. So, there's a part of the fear of the Lord, Yirat Adonai, that is the fear of the Lord, Yirat Adonai, that is to submit to God. That's everything he says, he says, I do, sir. Anything he says, I do, sir. He says, that is the fear of the Lord. Then to the man, he says, love your wife. It is also the fear of the Lord. You are, you are expressing yourself, you understand, doing things for her and doing things for him. And that is also love. So those two things come together to form Yirat Adonai, the fear of the Lord. He said that men should fear before him. He said, whatsoever God doeth is forever. If there's anything that men should be clinging their life to, it is to the preaching of the gospel. He said, nothing can be put to it and nothing can be taken away from it. That is the reason why, no matter what happens, if everybody shut up and say they will not preach the gospel, God will find somebody. Because you cannot take it out. Then he says, verse 15. He said, that which has been is now. And that which is to be had already been. And God required that which is past. Karama sokataya. Give me an IV. He said, whatever is has already been. He said, whatever is has already been. <laughs> he said, whatever is has already been. And I, 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 I want to be the richest man. It has already been. I want to win... Music award. It has already been. Whatever is has already been. You know I'm not against these things. I'm just telling you what, what you should value. Those are things that when you win, 
Is it thank God? Just put it somewhere. Just put it somewhere. Thank God. Put it somewhere. Someone be <laughs> I want to thank God. I never thought it would come. Oh, my friend. We have more regard for the honor that men give. What Gerald did today, someone did today, he activated a spiritual principle, the first to step in. The pool of Bethesda, they said the first to step in the pool. He activated a spirit and God will honor it. Before God honors it, I'll give you some money for free. After my own, then God will now honor it too. God will honor it, definitely. He said, whatever it has already been. He said, and what will be has been before. Hey, ya <laughs> He said, what will be has been before. That which is has already been. And that which will be has been before. And God will call to past. He will call the past to account. In King James, he said, God required that which is past. Nothing new again, no. The same preaching of the gospel they did 2,000 years ago. He said, God will call that past to account. Nothing new. He says that, nothing new. He said, God requires that which is past. He requires the same speaking in tongues that they did in the past. He requires the same radicalism in the past. He said, contend for the faith which was once delivered. Today, a Christian is doing something and you call it, you tell him that what you are doing is wrong and that means you don't love him. No, talk to me. The fact that you have told the person that what you are doing is not right. The person says, yo, love me, take me as I am. Foolishness. The Bible says, he who the Lord loves, he chastens, he corrects. So correction is also part of love. Love is not baby me and support my foolishness. Hey, if they are allowing us to do what we want, go ask Auntie Akosia, my mother. Do you know the foolish things I wanted to do? One day I woke up, I woke up, I took blade, I started cutting the sofa. By the time she landed in the house, the slaps that came, God required that which is past. The foolishness is born in the heart of a child. Both physical child and spiritual child. Every spiritual child has some foolishness. <laughs> it's, a fool, it's foolishness because, 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 take for example, you have been born again. Now, somebody is following up on you. You didn't buy him credit. You didn't, and he's trying to buy, then you have put off your phone. Because they will invite you to church. It's foolishness. Well, he's not inviting you to church for himself. She knows what will happen to your life. Just like our parents knew what will happen to our life if we start going a certain path. They knew that it will, will end well if we go on this particular path. They knew it. So even though we were kids and they had to take us to school, how many of you, when they were taking you to school, you did not cry? If you did not cry, are you sure? Should we go and ask your mother? Out of all of us, you are the only one who did not cry. 
from here to the technical team, everybody cried. They were taking us to school. Why? Foolishness. We didn't want to go. Now imagine that if you had grown and become 25 years and you, you don't know anything in school, you have not been in school, then you ask your mother, why didn't you take me to school when we were taking you, you were crying? What will you tell your mother? You tell your mother, seriously, seriously, God required that which is past. They know that if they take you to school, despite your crying, you will not die. And they know that if they keep taking you to school, one day, you will come and do, mommy, Mommy, I want to really tell you that, Mommy, God required that which is past. You see, Galatians chapter 4. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine everywhere I go. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. No, oh, this little light of mine, and I'm gonna let it shine. And this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine and let it shine everywhere. I go. He says, What I'm saying is that, all right, he says that the, the, the uh, what I say is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave. King James says, The heir, as long as he's a child, different nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. He said, Oh, um, NIV says, what I'm saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. So you see, he says that you, even though everything in the kingdom belongs to you, once you are a child, you will never see it. So the authority in Christ, and I told you before, that when it comes to Spiritual things. God does not give money. God gives grace. He gives authority. Those are the things God gives. He gives grace. He gives authority. He gives wisdom. He gives light. Those things are the, the bosses of money. When those things are settled in your life, you don't have to chase money. Because those things become the value with which the money draws to you. Now, he says that once you are a child... You will live like those who are outside there. Because the servant is one that has no inheritance. He said the child can have an inheritance, but he will live exactly like the one who is not even in the house, who has no inheritance. That is what God said. Now, one of the characteristics of a child how you know somebody is a child? That's, you see that the person does not work in any authority. You can see that the person doesn't have the inheritance of the kingdom at work in his life. How do you know a child? You know a child. One of the things that you know, you, 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 um, he's talking about childish, not childlike. Because Jesus Christ said, let the little children come unto me, for such as these is the kingdom of heaven. That is childlike. There is childish. Here he's talking about being childish. When you are being childish, 
Because he said, as long as, that means this person can be grown and be a 36 year old child. Are you, are you getting it? He says, this person, he said, as long as he's a child, different nothing from a servant. That means that person can be a child for a long time. I mean, the person is not necessarily a baby child, but that person has now become, because there are two Greek words for child or uh, for a toddler. One is brephos. Brephos means a child. That one is a baby. He can't do anything. So you can't even give him an instruction. But there's also nepios. The brephos, you know, is that as, as, as uh, newborn babes in Christ desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That's brephos. Brephos is, is like a sucking child, suckling child. That child is sucking breath. So it's not like the child has no, um, uh, what's the exact word I, I would like to use? Um, there's no opportunity for the child to even express himself. You understand? It's like he's just a child. You can't do anything about it. He's just a child. So the brephos is just a child. There's nothing he can do about being a child. For that particular brephos, time will have to catch up with him so that he can grow. But when he talks about nepios, nepios is the child who has grown but is still a child. So that one is talking about behaving like a child. So over here he says, now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, different nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. The word used there was not brephos. The word used there was nepios. That means we are talking about a 25-year-old child. We are talking about a 36-year-old child. We are talking about a 40-year-old child. And how do you know children? You know children by... You want to know someone that is childish? We are not talking about childlike. Someone who is child, child... When you want to know the one who is no longer a child, you start checking the one who now takes up responsibility in the house. Because one of the ways that they can tell you are maturing in the house is when you were a child, mommy, buy me aeroplane. Mommy, buy me this. Mommy, do this for me. But when you become um, uh, a mature person in the house, now it's not about mommy, do this for me. It's more about mommy's living says, when, you, when I'm, I'm living, wash the plates. I'm living, do this for me. Then you get to a certain age, maybe you're a lady, then you now start cooking for the whole house. Why? You are coming to maturity now. What are they trying to do at that time? They are trying to match your age with your mind. Your parents are trying to match your age with your mind. So at the same time, they start sending you. What are they They are developing your mind. If they ever keep you from sending you and from doing anything, they are about to destroy you. They are about to make you childish. Because when you see those who now take up responsibility in the house of God, those people are transiting from being childish and they are going to maturity. So those who go to maturity will be the ones who now start exercising the authority in the kingdom. So you see, someone said, I went to win souls and when I went, I prayed for the sick and he got healed. What is it? Your person is now coming to maturity. Maturity. So you leave the place of being childish. You leave the place of being childish by what? Taking up responsibility in the house of God. Taking up responsibility in the kingdom of God. Taking up responsibility for God. You take up responsibility. They said, we should all go and preach in bus. Everybody, we move. We move. We move. It is not going to be something that will come to you naturally. I'm telling you, all these things, they don't come to you naturally. They're like, ah, there's, there's no professional. I'm going to preach in the bus tomorrow. And I tell you, I will have to pray like everyone. There's no special power. I have to pray. I have to trust God that when I go, I'll speak the words of God. 
Pastor Claude was sharing how when he was in school, someone came to his, his room to come and call him. Now, where is that person? That person does not probably know that today, Pastor Claude is leading many people to Christ. He doesn't know. But that day, he just had to obey God and go and call Pastor Claude. He had to obey God. And he went, called him, and he began to speak. That's what Jesus Christ said. He said, at that hour, he said, you shall not have to premeditate what you think. He said, but the spirit of your father will speak through you. It happens. When you go preaching to some people, sometimes you have a message, by the time you realize you are talking about something else, and it's like you are talking to the people's hearts. It's like you are talking about their problem. That is the work of the spirit. That's why it's, you have to be full of the Holy Ghost. When you are full of the Holy Ghost, what happens is that you now start functioning as the Holy Ghost. That's the meaning of full of the Holy Ghost. That's why you speak in tongues. So that your tongue is intertwined with the tongue of the Spirit. Then you begin to speak His words. Sometimes you even begin to choose the very words. There are times I've come to church that I began to preach something totally different from what's in my notes. And when I began to preach it, I realized that I was talking to somebody. I come full of the Holy Ghost. These are the last days. And we will have to uh, rebuild the broken walls before we build the new structure. The foundation that was laid by the apostles will have to, you know, uh, put them together again. The foundation that was built by the apostles, we have to put them together again. There's a foundation that the apostles said, endlessly contend for the faith. There was something about the apostles. They were always praying. They were always praying. They were always praying. So tonight, we are praying again. 11 to 11.40. We are praying for mass salvation of souls. Mass salvation of souls. Mass salvation of souls. You know, there's soul winning where you go and you know, you, you catch one. You know, like a fisherman. He goes to take with a hook and line and takes one. It goes with a hook and line and takes one. It goes with a hook and, line and takes one. But there's soul winning that you need to cast your nets and, and close many fishes. So that is why, you know, um, I show you pictures. Sometimes I win souls in a crusade and many people come out. Sometimes I have to go house to house. I have to win people one-on-one. -on -one. All those are important. Sometimes you win one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes you go and do the massive one. So we are praying tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to see mass salvation of souls. Mass. We want them to come in the mass. It is important. The Bible says, they that turn many to righteousness. T give me that scripture. I think Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. They that turn many to rise. So there's, there's an implication of many. He said, they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. He said, and they that turn many to righteousness. So there's an implication when you turn many. Sometimes it's good when you turn one. But he says, something will happen when you turn many. When you turn many to righteousness, he said, you sh they, they are, they'll be as the stars forever. That means this is talking about after the rapture of the church. Those who want souls, he says, those ones, they'll be stars forever. Stars forever. Today, some people are stars on earth. It's not forever. <laughs> some people are stars today. It's not forever. If you want to know the real stars, those who will be stars forever, he said this, does that turn many to righteousness? You know one of the reasons why I'm so confident? Because I, it would have been some way if I've never, you know, when we say heaven, was that truly an heaven? Why are we doing all this? Is that truly? 
maybe if I had never seen heaven, maybe I would have asked many questions. I have. So I know that after death, it doesn't end. I have seen it. I had, I happened to me in 2008, 8 August. I finished praying. That was my first six hour prayer. I lied down and I saw I came out of my body. I came out of my body. I was not hallucinating. It was not a dream. I knew that this is my body. This is, this is my house. This is my mother. My father is sleeping. I came out. I came out and I saw many things. Then I realized that, oh, there is truly an outer life. So, it, you don't, don't live like this is all there is. There's a life after here. They, that turn many to righteousness, shall shine as the stars. Don't be a star on earth. Oh, let me take a picture with you. Let me tell you. Some of you have followers. You have followers on, 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 on social media platform. And it is, you love it so much that you can't talk about Jesus. You love your followers so much that you can't talk about Jesus. Because uh, you don't want to spoil your brand. Nonsense. You don't want to spoil your brand. Jesus Christ, if you are ashamed of me, me too, I'll be ashamed of you. One day, go live and preach. Let them know you are born again. I don't really, you know, my Christianity is in my heart. Jimmy. I want to ask you a question. If they come to your area, they want to arrest Christians, will somebody point them to your house? I want to ask yourself that question. Every area I have been to, Listen, every area I've been to, they know. I, some, sometimes, I, not that I'm trying to hide it, but I've not even talked. They all know. They all know. They all know. They all know. When I was living at the Braca, Pastor Chris, that's what they call me. When I went to university, they call me Pastor Chris. Everywhere, Pastor, Pastor Chris. Pastor, they, I can't even hide it. I can't even hide it. Because the day I, I decide to hide it, and I, one day some tongues will hook me somewhere. You hear me? Come on, you call me Pastor. You know, the standard of Christianity has dropped so much that small tongues, they call you pastor. Small tongues. That, the standard should have been higher. That they see you preaching in a church, then they call you pastor. Now, small, you went to share rhapsody, they call you pastor. Why? Why? Because they see you going to church. Is that not supposed to be what you are supposed to do? Small thing, you are now a pastor. They see you preaching to people say, do you want to be a pastor? But every Christian is supposed to be preaching. On Sunday, I'll make a lot of rhapsody available. When we close from church on Sunday, win souls on your way home. Win souls. Talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. Talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. It's time to give our offering. Lift up your head to the risen King. Bow before Him, adore Him, see. To his majesty and to his majesty. Oh, let 
Praises be pure and holy. 